0: Another guy sat toward the rear, and a third squeezed between us. Our legs from the knees down dangled in the breeze, and as the chopper lifted off and began to pick up some airspeed, they were blown to the rear. It felt good to have something to hang on to as the Huey banked into a turn. For whoever wound up in the middle, it was an exercise in trust. He had to depend on his buddies to keep him from falling out. In a land and time that offered few pleasures, Flying this way was always a joy to me. I was starting to learn that here, the past had to be left behind, quickly and completely. The future could not even be considered. There might not be one. And so, with these irrelevant and worrisome considerations set aside, there was only now. If now one was floating over endless lush green mountains, there was nothing to do but enjoy it. The ride ended as the Huey swooped down into a grassy clearing and hovered momentarily with its skids still five feet off the ground. It paused only for an instant, and as I felt it beginning to rise again, someone hollered, JUMP! So I jumped, and when I hit the ground, my knees buckled and I fell on my face. Scrambling to my feet, I saw McCoy motioning me to head for the tree line, so I ran as fast as possible under the weight of the pack. I stepped into depression, fell again, and staggered back up to my feet. Finally, at the tree line, I crouched, panting and sweating, intensely searching for Charles in the tangled mass of green before me. When the whine of engines and the sound of slapping blades subsided, the company regrouped into platoons and squads and slid into the dense jungle like a snake, single file. We moved at the pace of a slow walk, occasionally stopping while the point man hacked through vines and branches. At times, the vegetation was so thick I'd have to crawl on hands and knees. After the first half hour, my fatigue shirt was wringing wet, as were my pants from the waist to the knees. In two hours, I was totally exhausted and started prodding myself, thinking, one more step, one more step, one more step. The order came down the line, whispered from one man to the next, "'Break in place, take five.' I squatted, leaning my pack into a clump of brush slid out of the straps and unsnapped a canteen for a long drink of lukewarm water. My fingertips looked like prunes from the constant bath of sweat. Lighting a cigarette, I leaned against the pack and managed to get half of it smoked before the sweat dripping off my face put it out. My heart was still pounding when the next order came. Saddle up! For the rest of what seemed to be an interminable twelve hours, the company pushed through the jungle. At twilight, the commanding officer, C.O., decided that we would spend the night in a wide valley. Unfamiliar with the routine, I imagined that we'd be able to eat some seas and sleep at least part of the night, but each squad was to dig a foxhole and hack a line of sight between positions in the large circle. While that was being done, a few guys from each squad would patrol the company's position with wide, half-mile cloverleaf loops, Somehow my fear squeezed a few more drops of adrenaline from my system to prod me to follow Ski and four other guys away from the company and into the marshy valley. Our loop took us through waist-deep water before we could turn back toward the company's encampment. When we reached high ground, I imagined that if there were any VC or NVA in the area, they'd probably be laughing because even though the squad was moving like a cat on the prowl, our boots squished loudly with each step. When we arrived at the company's position, there was barely enough light to read the painted labels on our seas and to find a large enough clearing to sleep. After the night was divided into shifts for guard, I found my spot and slept. It seemed like only a few minutes before Ski was pushing on my shoulder. It's your guard, he whispered, handing me a watch. It was midnight. You've got from now till 0130 hours." I found my way to the position, sat on my helmet, and pulled the poncho liner over my shoulders. Through the trees were stars, but in front of me, only darkness. I listened intently to the sounds of the night birds, lizards, and insects. Occasionally, I'd close my eyes for a time, and focusing more carefully, I discovered that there was a pattern to the sounds. The different calls had a strange, tranquilizing effect, and it seemed to require considerable effort to stay alert for sounds that didn't belong snapping twigs or metallic clicks. Part of me sensed that there was something behind me, hoping to dispel the notion that it was possible to sense something without seeing it. I slowly turned to check it out. About ten paces away, there was the silhouette of a man standing as still as a cigar store Indian. When he knew he'd been spotted, he seemed to glide slowly toward me. I knew he was one of the company, but I wondered who and why he was joining me.